Yeah. If I die tomorrow, I hope you hear these words. I ain't here to flip no birds or sit no serve. Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh -huh. Nerds of the Round is back Tuesday night, 9 p.m. We are here. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Sebastian. It's your boy Law. And your boy Tone from across the hall. What is going on? What's up? What's up? It's good to be back. Yes, yeah, so yeah, how did you, you. make that intro, man? Dude, I was I was, I was like, oh, this is this is nice and shit. Yeah. <laughs> with it. Yeah. Shout out to Lou, man. Uh, guys, again, make sure you check out Lou's album, The Agenda. Go ahead, Lou's site, find him on any Spotify or any of your favorite podcast apps. Also, too, want to let you guys know, check out the Nerds Network in the description. Got some dope links there for you guys. The Medusa's Cascade podcast and other crazy fun awesome people that we follow and everything so get go ahead get your nerdy week on so how did you guys feel about this friday's episode before we bring our guests on best oh. one yet it, like so i've been watching you guys like talk about it and i'm like yo it's it's a little bit of a slow burn not really sure where it's going it's it's obviously building to something and then just like in true marvel fashion they're like bet we're gonna tie one piece of string pull everything together and everyone's like oh like, I don't know anyone who didn't react like that to, to this episode. Seriously. The way it opened, it was just like, it really just brought things together from what we experienced in Endgame. And it wasn't just like a, yeah. a joke like it was in Spider-Man 2. Really well, humanized that whole situation. But we'll dive yeah, into well, that. Yeah. Well, we're going <laughs> to dive into that because we got two guests with us who are coming on. I mean, we've seen them on the show before. So um, we want to bring in... Um, you know, he's also been a guest host at, at one point. Um, he's just all around there. Oh, we we didn't we do like a whole Kickstarter party for him? He and and him and his his studio uh, that they I worked think, with. They kicked I think it out the we park. Did. I think we did, and I'm still waiting for my shit. So <laughs> uh, here you go, Alex Sabutsis. What's up, Alex? What's hey, up? Yeah. Oh, so, sorry. We'll, we'll get to the comics as soon as I stop hosting every goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I filled up. I filled up my survey, and we're in the same state. So I, I don't. I don't trust this. Well, to be Tom, fair, Tom wants us to be driven down to him and hand delivered. Yeah, well, it's got to come. For, it's got to come through Connecticut first. <laughs> <laughs> That's all on Mark. I do digital stuff only. If it's coming through Connecticut, tell him bring the beer too. That's it. Yeah. Bring yeah, the noise. True. True, Let's true, go. True. So um, he's also returning. He was on. You guys got to see him last week. He was on the show last week with us. He called the big reveal. He called the big reveal. He called it. This is why he, we got the returning, the voice of the generation, Pete Rosado. Pete, sipping on oh, that coffee. Oh, 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 me? Me? That's you. Oh, 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 okay, hold on. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Doc Strange over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, this, is, uh, this is my now official uh, uh, WandaVision Madness mug. Whenever I'm talking or watching WandaVision, I'm usually sipping out of uh, my mug. Tonight it's coffee, but usually on Fridays when I'm watching WandaVision, it's something a lot stronger. Nice. So well, let's I, deep dive. In, in honor of Ironmonger, I'm doing a white Russian. Are most Russians white? And just an honor because I can do it because I'm rocking one of the Wayward Raven shirts of Beer Zerker. We're going with a Stone Cold Steve Austin ale. There you wouldn't go. Have, you wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Austin makes the best ales. Okay, what? so let's get into it. We we, we want to get into this episode about the blip because this, I think, was probably 
the best opening I've seen and a great um, spectacular way of seeing an alternate version of the blip because we got to see it in Spider-Man, as we mentioned, as Tom mentioned before, it was kind of comedic. So we didn't really see how other people reacted to that. And Monica being the one that was in the middle of this, how did you guys feel about this opening? We'll start with you, Alex. Am I the only one who, who didn't register immediately that it was the blip? Like me, like w w wondering that like, she got her teleportation powers. She only teleported five feet from the bed to the chair, not realizing, oh, wait, this is the blip. Like, so it was like, for me, it took a minute to, to realize what was going on. But wow, that was like, that was like my first oh shit moment. Yeah. I, think I, I think I picked it up on it a little bit sooner, but yeah. it was one of those things where I didn't think that they were going to bring it back up and like make it so like significant to this story. Makes sense to do it like on a TV show than more than a movie because they can take the time to, to, to go into the movie. Absolutely. I think I think to Tone's point where like Spider-Man Far From Home didn't really uh do it do it true justice. I think the the one reaction we did get that felt kind of um like heart-wrenching was when Ant-Man came back and he was like, Yo, where is everybody? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like that that was the most like in like in your face feels moment where now we have WandaVision, Monica wakes up, and everyone's just in utter chaos. And we're like, damn, that really, like, that that was something. You know what I mean? Like, you have people who were just like, I don't, this was like five seconds ago. Like, I was just here. Pete, how did you feel? Oh, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Um, no, I mean, you know what was really crazy, too, about it is just like, we, as the viewers, see the blip happen. Like, we see our heroes disappear, and they're just gone. And then our heroes come back, and that epic, that epic scene, right? Uh, and then the blip happens in Far From Home. But like here, when Monica's coming back, we get such a a, a intimate re, a intimate scene of it. How does it come back? How does a person come back from just being just disintegrated? Like you weren't killed, you weren't anything. You were just wiped from the face of the universe as if you did not exist. And then as she's kind of coming back, coalescing all her you know, carbon pieces are coming together. You hear the consciousness of her memories. And it was just like, it was like, yo, fucking Thanos did a fucking number. <laughs> and like, you don't really, you don't really see it. Like you get the shock value from seeing like your heroes die, but like seeing like what, what people are coming back to and just seeing that, you know, first of all, I thought just visually like gave us something of the blip that we, we didn't know we were going to, we kind of wanted to see and just kind of what that reaction was. Cause we just didn't get that in the, in the movie. Well, not, not to dwell on the blip because that's like a, a minuscule part of the show, but like my wife pointed something out. I was like, what happened if you were in the middle of like a flight and you blipped out? Because you remember like at the, at the end credits of, of Infinity War, there was like helicopters in the air where their pilots blipped out. What happens to those people I were in the air? I mean, to answer that, I think what they, they touched on was that everyone who was, because that was a question before, they touched on that everyone was blipped in safely to prevent, like, any death, unnecessary deaths that they had to explain, because that was asked before. It was like, what about those people in the helicopter? What about this? Like, they were just blipped in to, like, where they were, um, you know, in areas where they were safe. But, Pete, I want to get your um, thoughts on it uh, with this opening scene. Go right ahead. Jump right in. Voice of the Generation. Let's go. I think it's it's interesting because kind of like as Law was saying, who by the way I haven't seen in five years, so I think he was blipped out too. <laughs> um, it's that juxtaposition of those two big scenes, right? Our one big understanding of people returning from the blip outside of the comedic uh, issue in Far From Home, 
we're talking about seeing Falcon come back, seeing Panther come back, seeing that beautiful scene in Endgame where all of those heroes make that triumphant return. Everybody's in their fields crying, you know, orgasming in theaters watching this, right? Um, but we don't see it on the micro level. We see it on the macro level, right? The big picture, how do we win this fight? But we don't see how it affects the everyday person. And even Ant-Man, you see it during the blip, right? You see this experience of, of severe loss and, and dealing with the impact of the blip, of the blip from, the, from the perspective of the survivors of the blip. But it was very telling uh, and, and so beautiful to see how it happened from people returning, right? That chaos in that small little area. Now you think about this, in Endgame, there was no chaos. Everybody just came back, got to work, did their job, boom, defeat Thanos. But that's what heroes do. They just deal with the hand that they're dealt with and they move forward, right? Versus the everyday person who's just caught up in this world, dominated by everything going on around them, having to deal with all these things and, and dealing with the here today, gone in five minutes, kind of death of, of, of her mother was, was a big deal. Because the, the, that thought process of, I was asleep for 15 minutes. No, you were asleep for five years. Things happened while you were gone. You don't get to make that decision of like, oh, I, I lost someone, but it wasn't even on my own time. Like, I don't get to experience that. Right. I just so have to deal mental, with it after the fact. The mental, the mental processing of that. Like, imagine the PTSD <sighs> of like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I lost... 5, 10, 15 minutes of what I perceive to be my life and five years passed. I've lost family members. I've lost this. I've lost that. Yeah, it was interesting that they touched up on that because they said, like, her mother died three years after the blip happened. So she lost. So it's, she blipped in after two years after she her lost mother's two death. years with her mother yeah. and then three years of just regular time, too. Well, we got a question coming in. It's uh, I'm from Dominique. Um, do you guys think Vision hey, is alive? Domo. or What's up, Domo? Or is some kind of Mary or some kind of marionette where Wanda is using his dead body or something? Um, I'm gonna take that because it, they're pointing out that they think that um, she probably attached Vision's consciousness to his dead body, and we're gonna talk more about that too in a, in a minute. It's some um, kind of well, fucked up weekend at Bernie's yeah, situation. Yeah, going yeah, on. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, how did you guys? Yeah, how did you guys feel? Let's jump into that. How did you guys feel about that when she saw Vision? And someone even pointed out, like, is that how other people see Vision, or is that how only is that how Wanda sees? It? It's like it was very interesting to me. And again, um, they um, I think it was Screen Rants that pointed out that is Vision's consciousness attached to his dead body? Did she bring it back because she's also known for um, resurrecting characters that's happened in the comics? So it's like, and 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 they pointed out that he also has super speed, which is something that Quicksilver has. So that was something. What, what do you guys take on that? Well, let's not forget, this is not the comics. This is the MCU. In this one, all of her powers derive allegedly from the, the Infinity Stones. But also, there was like, I just recently watched something like that said that there was like a Paul Bettany interview where like they had cut a scene where Wanda's breaking into some facility to take his body. So like that could lean towards that, but if that scene got cut, maybe Kevin Feige wants to change that. So I don't know. I'm like, I have a feeling she is, she is a construct of his mind, and by seeing 
the dead body, she's that's like reality setting into her. Like, no, he's dead. I don't think it's a marionette because we haven't seen her resurrect people yet. Now, granted, he is a machine, so maybe that is what's going on. But I'm I I vote no. I think it's I, I think she re she's refusing to accept that he died, but also <laughs> keeping him alive through her new reality. Like she's like, no, he's not. And he like she's having this break of like, yeah. you know, what she what she wants to be real and what is the actual case. And um, I don't know if you guys saw someone pointed out where uh, Alex brought up a good point with the with the Mind Stone. That Mind Stone gave her her powers. So there is so much more to her saying you took everything away from me when uh, when she when she talks to Thanos like that. It wasn't so much you killed Vision, you took Vision from me. The yeah. Mind Stone that gave her her powers, the uh, that gave her brother her powers, all of the things that you know led up to this moment that was taken away from her, you know, like was much more than just her losing vision at the hand of Thanos. Well, and I thought that was so like, oh shit, you know? You, you just gave me an idea too. Like technically speaking, she doesn't, the Mind Stone no longer exists in that reality. What if it's the Mind Stone that was keeping her in check? And now without it, that's what made her kind of break with reality. Cause it's like, that would actually be something. Ooh, ooh, you heard it here first. Ooh, ooh, Pete, you want to weigh in that? <laughs> do wait. Do any of the stones? Do any of the stones exist in this reality anymore? No, 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 no. Here's the thing. None of them do. If but, if that's but, the case, can Wanda be her own reality stone? But here's the here's the problem with that, right? The the laws of nature still exist, and the laws of conservation of matter still exist, <laughs> right? So you with, still with, have the idea with, with Wanda. They don't. Well, no, but matter can neither be, you know, can, cannot be completely destroyed, right? Wanda negates that. No, no, no. no, not, no, no, no. But think about, right. think right. about what Thanos said. Yeah. Thanos didn't say they were gone. And even, I believe, Feige or someone else has said it. They, he, he reduced them to, uh, to atoms. Yeah. They are essentially now back on the atomic level. Yeah, so the power just essentially. Right, they aren't the, the reality, they, they aren't the stones we know them to be, but their essence still exists in the reality. They are just not, they are just not stones. We've seen this um, in a recent run of Marvel Comics where essentially the, uh, the Infinity Stones gained their own sentience and went out to find hosts um, yeah. for, for themselves. Um, and kind of the same idea. You know, but you have that connection between Vision and Wanda where they're both kind of created from the same stone, even though Wanda's powers are very oddly similar to the reality stone more than the mind stone themselves. So it's a little interesting there. Um, but I, I don't, I do think Vision is dead. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily his consciousness Rather, it's an amalgamation of what she perceives Vision to still be, which is also why, and this is the question that was asked in this episode. I think it was uh, uh, Agent Wu that asked, why a TV show? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so to me, here's the answer to that. Wanda, for the majority of her life that we know her in the MCU, was where? Stuck in the Avengers facility. She probably spent most of her time either when she was at Strucker's or when she was an Avenger in the Avengers facility being locked down for her own safety, just watching TV. Think about how 
you know, um, new citizens or people in new countries or even aliens as we see them in TV ingratiate themselves with human culture. It's, you know, through television, right? And so everything she understands about reality, because to me, she's a very naive character. Everything she understands about reality is built through television. And that's why we're getting this progression through television almost with her, in my opinion, because she's building based on what she perceives reality to be. And the real world is too harmful, too scary, too, too terrible for her. So she builds it in the bubble of television, which can be rewound, can be edited, can be changed. Don't forget too. She, 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 she did grow up in America. <laughs> she grew up in Eastern Europe, where they were basically getting a lot of their media from us secondhand. Right. And I think that plays into it. Like as a kid, she was watching American TV, and her whole character arc has been like her her uh, perception of the West, as in good good in the case of television and bad in the case of Stark, Strucker, and all this other stuff. Before. Yeah. But before we get lost in all that, because again, there's there's this episode revealed a lot, and yeah, lots there's back. some there, there's a lot to unpack. I, a lot of that. I don't know. But, but here's one of the cool things: we get to see Sword. We know Monica um, works for Sword. We know that her mother um, helped form Sword. Her mother had the code name Photon, which is a callback to the character, the, a name that she had in the comics, which I thought was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Then we get the director. He mentions Nanotech, which um, we all know we're getting a show called um, Armor Wars, which mm-hmm. is this a prequel also to armor wars with sword be involved with that with um Rhodey, um war machine also to um rumors of them sending people into space did they work with the fantastic four and send them to space what do you guys think about that i would be surprised yeah i, I would not be surprised so, like i i caught it but i didn't i didn't like really acknowledge it until after i was reading and someone someone mentioned like that could be the uh, Fantastic Four and how they are introduced. So all these things can be very subtly introduced. Like we have now this like MCU version of the House of M that would bring in uh, mutants now. But how do we bring in the first family? We bring them in with with sword and like this whole you know kind of thing. So it, it's really delicately woven, and I think they're doing a good job of handling it. Don't forget, don't forget the timeline too. Um, Monica's mom is the one who starts Sword. Back and back when we first met her, she, it was the '90s. Shield still existed, so her and Nick Fury became friends. And whereas Shield was a thing, she creates Sword as a space thing. But my my assumption is, once Shield is gone, well, Sword becomes the new Shield. And so and it's not only like like huh? I think everyone's been making this big hubaloo about the fact that Sword's name has changed. Yeah, the show did not shy away from the fact that sword still operates in space right they're doing they're looking up and down basically right they have these uh, the the, uh, terrestrial division Mm -hmm. but they also still have a space-based division which we also see um teased by nick fury being in space on a sword vessel um what if fury was up there early and got trapped up there what if Fury is stuck up there and hasn't been able to come back? Or, you know, there's, there's that's still very unexplained on how Fury got up there. Why is he up there? What is he doing up there? Um, the Fantastic Four reference I've heard a couple of times uh, in the last couple of days about, you know, obviously the, the, the cosmic rays and the astronaut part of it. Um, there's a small part of uh, – well, I'm lying. There's a large part of me that does not want the Fantastic Four as heroes in this MCU – 
I want the thinker. I want the evil Fantastic Four. I want the ultimate universe for this Fantastic Four because I think it would be really cool to have an evil Reed Richards as a big bad in um, in the MCU. Yeah, and would it, would be be a, it would be a fresh take mm-hmm. on the Fantastic I mean, Four as we've seen them in different iterations. I go as dope as that is as a comic book fan. Um, we have to realize that this is now Marvel's first time dealing with doing the Fantastic Four in the MCU as a whole. Because remember, Fox originally did their properties. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to go the villain route until they establish them as the first family. I, I, I think, yeah. With the multiverse thing, they can. They, they could. Do it with because that. it lines up with the comics. They could, they could have like the first villain be Doctor Doom and then the second villain be the Thinker. Well, I want to touch up on these two things first. Like again, with Mojo, I think Mojo, like I was like, there's a lot of stuff people are pointing out that Mojo's involved. I think before we get the involvement of Mojo, they're going to try to establish mutants first. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that they're not going to establish Mojo, but right now all leads are pointing to Mephisto. But Mojo would be an interesting take, but I don't think they're gonna do him just yet until they get the X-Men. Well, there's um, another one in there, uh, yeah. and that's nightmare. Yeah. There's another, there's another, there, be, because again, with Nightmare, that leads also to in the possibility of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But what I think what Kevin Feige is doing right now, he's establishing the bigger names first. And then he's going to be pulling out those characters as we see him going and all that. Like Nightmare is another possibility. But um, again, um, as much as we would like to see a villain version of Fantastic Four, we're probably going to see them try to establish them as their first family first and try to establish them as heroes and then maybe like as once marvel establishes them we'll start to get that stuff down the line plus again like you mentioned as the multiverse because now they're playing with the multiverse we may get alternate versions of them. for example they're going to be playing with stories with what if the new show what if mm-hmm. and we're going to see different things that marvel's going to test with that show uh, um, I, don't, I don't i don't by any means doubt that Marvel is willing to make Reed Richards at some point the bad guy, make yep. make the Illuminati a, a thing, the Council of Re- uh, Reeds a thing, but that would be further down the line because oh. maybe, maybe not Council of Reeds because that's too much like the Council of Ricks. And that's <laughs> right. Well, but, well, that's what the Council of Ricks is based off of. Yeah. So you you get you get a lot of that later on. You introduce them now as like this good guy. You know, he's just trying to do his thing in the second third. Then you have you know where you know that story where they have Cap, or now the new Cap, it would have to be Falcon, um, introduced to, you know, the Illuminati, then they kick him out for not agreeing with him, and then a lot of stuff of World War Hulk uh, builds up, and you get that later on in the pipeline. So I think, you know, they're going to bring them in proper as they should, but I don't doubt with Namor coming up soon, with, like, all these big names coming up from the Illuminati, that I... Do not see them not like you know doing the storyline later on. We're gonna, we're gonna... I find it tough though to do the Illuminati, and here's the thing: I'm 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 okay, and I fully understand the idea of changing characters. But to me, it's hard. It's even harder to do an Illuminati now when you don't have a Professor X yet. You just lost Black Panther, and we no longer have Tony Stark. Not necessarily true. The three biggest, in my opinion, the three biggest members, because, yeah, Reed's huge, Namor's huge, but those are the three biggest names when we think of the right. Illuminati. 
but that's by the know, comics. That's when you're thinking the comics. We're talking about the we, MCU. We, we've seen them. We, we've seen them take what the comics, uh, you know, has given us. And you, oh, look, no, at, look, at, look, look at look at Civil War. You know what I mean? Like they're they're gonna they're gonna take what they can, use what they can to make the most out of that situation for sure. But we're also, gonna be stuck in this situation because this is go ahead. I just, I let no, you no, I, last I'm, I'm actually, I'm gonna try to to, to bring the conversation back to Wandavision. Mm -hmm. Thing is, you got to think about it. These are big characters with big actors. So you might not have a movie with like Tony Stark and the Illuminati for two hours, and it's got to have to be a movie because again, those characters require a movie. You're not going to get RDJ in a TV show, but those characters, if they're going to bring them in, they can pull in those characters for five minutes at an, a post-credit scene to set up further movies. But when it comes to the big bad of WandaVision and the MCU, I think all roads point, point to Doom. Doom is the linchpin for a lot of the stories they're setting up. And the way to get to Doom is you need Mephisto. But Mephisto is too big of a character. And again, I love WandaVision. He's too big of a character to introduce in a TV show because you're going to need a big name actor to play Mephisto. Or at least a medium level actor. So set him up in, in here. Have him premiere in, in Doctor Strange too. That's what I'm thinking. You're going to get Mephisto in Doctor Strange. Here they're setting it up. And I, I, I have this theory that Dottie is actually Nightmare. See, now here's the thing. You see, now you just segue. So Dottie's profile is missing from Jimmy Zoo's list. And also, too, if you notice, when he was putting the list together, there was Agnes. And Agnes didn't have an ID attached to her name like everyone else in the town. So those are the two biggest question marks right Agnes there. Agnes was deferring to Dottie. She was like, yo, this is she's the queen bee of this hive. You need to, you know, defer to her. Everything. Well, and that's obviously she's Mephisto, but when she cracks the, the glass, she's bleeding. Second, she is being manipulated by Wanda's powers or allowing it to seem as such. Right. That's that to me is that to me is the one crack in that armor is the fact that she had a moment where when Wanda, when Wanda loses control over the reality, Dottie kind of reverts back to a, like, I don't know what's going on, what's happening here. Which to me, is, it, again, it could be a red herring, um, or it could be that Dottie is just another character in this, in, in this show. It's very interesting because, and I was doing some research on this, um, because the hexagons are very prominent. And everyone's talking about AIM and hexagons and things like that. It's a red herring. <laughs> what people for uh, what I forgot, and what if you think about it, what when we think of Mephisto, Mephisto is the Marvel's version of the devil of Satan, right? Mm -hmm. And if we think about Satan in pop culture, Satan is associated with the number six six six. When we think of a hexagon, a hexagon has six verti uh, six vertices, um, and things of and things of that nature, six sides. So. It's very interesting when you think about that because you have all these different images of six now in in this, further tying it to this idea of Mephesto. And when you saw the map of Westview, it's two hexagons interlaced on each other, mm -hmm. right? And so here's where I think it's very interesting. What if one side of that hexagon is controlled by one master and another side of that hexagon is controlled by Wanda? And when they meet in the middle is where things tend to go wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, before we before we get into that, because um, again, I because I, I definitely want Tone to lead in with the hexagon theory too. I'm just gonna say well, throw this out there. <laughs> well, there's a there's a lot of theories with there. We're gonna go into the hexagons, but with Dottie, 
there are rumors that she's possibly Clea. Um, she could be linked to Mephisto. Um, and there were talks that she, um, the actress couldn't really say much until she got the okay from Kevin Feige, because it sounds like she's playing a much bigger character. That's why, again, it, it's really interesting that she had no profile up there. And it's very similar to when Jimmy Woo was like looking for his witness that was in protection and no one knew him. And he pointed out on the board that no one remembers anything in a five mile radius but this particular person, no one remembers that person even outside of that race. So that was something interesting to point out. But Tone, um, I want to get your take on this and then lead into the hexagons, please. Well, you know, I mean, I was just kind of doing some before we do the hexagons, kind of just thinking about the whole, you know, the whole Dottie being nightmare thing. And uh, I know based off research that they potentially may be doing a gender swap of Nightmare and Doctor Strange. Although the the red herring there was that it was it Eva Green. So I think. You know, I think you guys have something there with Dottie being Nightmare and not just being, you know, uh, not, uh, uh, Mephisto or someone else, especially because, like, you can be, you don't have to get someone that big to be to be Nightmare. You know, mm -hmm. I just kind of just realized that and I was like, oh, wow, it's like kind of on the nose, even if we don't get, you know, Eva Green. But yeah. I mean, as much as I'd love to see her, you know, in, in an MCU movie. As a villain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously. Yeah. Here <laughs> No, I do want to. I do want to kind of really quick, quickly jump back into something because I, I was looking at my notes here. When you brought up the idea of is Vision dead and how is Vision still alive, um, we talked last week about the prevailing rumor that uh, the brother of Wonder Man is going to be in a later episode. Or at least someone has been cast to play the character that shares the name as the brother of Wonder Man. What if? What if Wonder Man, and in a way of kind of tying all of Vision stories together, what if the character that would have been Wonder Man is in Westview and she is utilizing his brainwaves to essentially recreate Vision, hearkening back to the fact that Wonder Man is actually the brain of Vision in the comics? It's a possibility, but they're going to have to, in the next few episodes, explain that maybe he might be the person in the witness protection. I'm hearing maybe, a lot of that might maybe, be Maybe, because they did hint <clears throat> at Wonder Man in episode two in the opening credits in the grocery scene. Also, yes. so, they but they're going to have to really establish him in this show. So I heard something today, like the original lineup was... Uh, Falcon, Sam and Falcon, I mean, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out before this. Yeah. And the idea was that Baron Zemo was going to start laying the groundwork for Wonder Man that would then be picked up in this one. So there's credence to that, you know? Yeah. Well, let's get into the hexagons because we got into the hexagons. Um, They're shown again. They're enclosed. Um, Pete, you pointed out that there were two hexagons in the village. Um, the hexagon imagery is all over this, like the beekeeper, bees, hexagon shape, honeycombs. Um, you have um, the head of sword, his office. If you look at his plaques, they were shaped in a hexagon shape. And then even Jimmy Woo has been asking the question, why hexagons? So I mean, again, let's get back. Let's deep dive into that theory. Um, I'll. Well, Law, you haven't been around for a while. You're welcoming back. This will be the welcome back question for you. Go ahead, Law. Jump into that hexagon theory. Come on. Let's. What's your theory on it? 
that was let told you I'm here. I've been talking. Like, <laughs> act like I haven't been talking this whole half. Like let tone, tone. Okay, right. tone. Take it. All take right. it from me. So you know, my hexagon theory is slightly different. Against, I would say it's against the grain. As I haven't heard this, I was uh, walking my dog and it just kind of slapped me in the face. You know, um, it was one of those things where, like, thinking about it really comes down to the bees. Bees use hexagons in honeypots, honeypots. And, you know, out of the three geometrical shapes that they could use squares, triangles, hexagons, they use hexagons. Why do they use hexagons? Because it takes so much fucking honey to make wax. Hexagons allow you to create the most amount of area with the least amount of like content stuff. And I think that Wanda is creating this entire fucking thing. It's all based on her mind. So she's using a hexagon to create the shape of Westview, which held the greatest amount of space with using the least amount of her mental energy while she's kind of doing this whole thing to everyone, propping up vision, keeping everyone in tune, kind of controlling it, pushing everything out. So that, that's, and like, that's why we get like the beekeeper. And I think all like the other things like aim or, or the infinity stones could just be kind of like red herrings. And like, there may be some kind of like, like, I feel like Darcy may come up and see like, this is why. Cause she's been like breaking everything down based on like the science of what she's seeing. So I think it'll be pretty dope. My thought of hex is it's, it's a different direction. I, I, I first I was thinking it was kind of like a, not a red herring, but kind of a nod because think about what in the comics, she uses hex magic. And that's the th and don't forget the hex are a theme, but also what is it that that, that Wu does? Card tricks, magic tricks. Yeah, I think that's that's just setting up the theme of of the series. It's this is magic, you know. It's like yeah, she's like she's got these really crazy witch powers, but it's magic. And I think that's how you tie in Doctor Doom because he's a mage. You know, that's how you tie in Doctor Strange. Magic, multi dimensional thing they've established in in Doctor Strange that magic is just rewriting the code of all the other dimensions but also like um where was i going with this there was um there was something that was bothering me about it in that um when when i saw this episode with with the hexagon in the director's office and you did and tony you said honeypot what if that's the 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 tie-in sword tricked wanda into coming to westview to try to control her their plan fucked up and some of the people like dotty and Agnes are sword agents who have been, who are like deep cover. That is like, that's, that's my theory now. And you just kind of made it like, you know, the wheels turn on that one. It's interesting because um your theory might be very, very plausible because someone pointed out like, what if Agnes was talking to vision and worried that um, Geraldine uh, was alone with Wanda? Yeah. Well, she was worried about her. And the other thing about the director, they pointed out that there's a lot more to this guy than meets the eye in terms of like he knew about CM um DR, he knew a lot of things. And it's like, why would he send his agent who just came back to such an important case? Because she wouldn't know anybody. If she sees if she sees Agnes, she'd be like, I don't know who the hell Agnes is. Know, and who says which can't be a member of Sword? What are your thoughts on these hexagons and these theories? I mean, it, 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 to me, I think this is going to be the long, the long con for Marvel in this in this show uh, that I don't think it's really uh, spoken about to the end. I do think it's somehow connected 
to the reality. It's connected to Mephesto. It's connected to whatever the larger story is. Um, and we're about to hit another gear, right? Because we know that we have uh, the episode coming up where they're going to go trick-or-treating. Um, and uh, we know we have the episode coming up where Agnes... Uh, meets up with Vision and kind of has that break where she's just like, am I dead? Um, you know, and he says, why? Because you're dead. Um, and it was very interesting because Darcy made the, the, the claim that I made on last week's show where I was just like, well, everyone knows that Vision's dead. So her seeing him, she's like, wait a minute. He's actually dead. Like, dead, dead. dead. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so... You know, we, we have this idea of like everyone kind of knowing somewhat of what's going on. It's going to be very interesting because I think part of this larger mystery is also whoever the heck Jimmy had in witness protection. I think this may be part of the larger story that most people are going to treat as a throwaway. I think a lot of people are going to treat we that as... Marvel long enough at this point to know that there's no small... Right, character, no throwaway, nothing like even the red herrings at times we've seen be like huge things later on, and they're like, Oh, yeah, we kind of teased this 10 years ago, and we're like, The hell do you mean you teased this 10 years ago? You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, so, and we also know they're just, they're just fans of rewriting history to the fact we're like, Oh, yeah, that that Tom Tom Holland was the kid, Spider Man was the kid that Stark saw at the freaking expo, and yeah, that's the guy, and you know. Listen. All that Yes. Kevin Feige is in his basement with a Pepe Sylvia board right now. That's where he's at. <laughs> that was Wu. Wu. Wu had Jimmy Wu had the fucking Pepe Sylvia board. Yeah, he did. Magic, yeah, no, he, he borrowed Kevin Feige's board for that scene. Speaking speaking of magic, gotta love gotta love the Ant Man reference. Obviously, Jimmy has yes. been practicing yes. his magic tricks, yes. um, throwing out some stuff. Uh, one of the more interesting things that I want that I wanted to bring up was. Everyone's obviously knows the history of Monica as Spectrum, Captain Marvel, Photon, blah, 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 blah. Because she had a million and a half names. Um, <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah, she could not decide on a freaking name. Um, but many people were talking about how, and it was it, 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 interesting to me, she very easily, granted the second time was a little bit more force, but she was able to easily go in and out of the energy field. Everything else, it was kind of either they couldn't get in or if they did get in, obviously the beekeeper got transformed and stuff like that. Um, and, and people are wondering, you know, I've read a couple of rumors that this may have something to do with her own latent powers well, or a is, reference to her powers that we know them to be since they are energy based. Well, this is one thing that someone wants to point out. Um, just looking around, just surfing for this. Um, she was blipped in. Which they say, like, you know, again, that required energy, which we're going to jump into this topic, that required energy that was um, emitted from the gauntlet. Then um, the second form of energy she's hit with is with Wanda's um, powers, which sends her out of the, um, you know, out of Westview, which, again, is part of that energy. She's a, so she's, she's going, a battery being charged right now. <laughs> so she, she's been she's been through that um force field, which again is uh, made of a CMRD ra radiation. Which welcome back, Darcy. Y'all found it. Y'all mm -hmm. found it, girl. I so CM oh yeah. So well, so the mention of CMRD radiation, the mention of the Big Bang. This can be a possibility again, as I've been pointed out, that this could be an origin story of how 
uh, Monica gets her powers, but also too, is this um, a way for the mutants to be getting their powers right now? I I would say it's a it's a it's a good way of bringing it where it's not like blipping a bunch of people with powers into existence. Rather, you you have it where they've always had latent mutant properties and and you know like the genes, but after the events of WandaVision, all those powers are made manifested and essentially um what was it straw hat goofy on tiktok uh he he had this theory where it's like you bring them you bring them back um you bring you know all the mutants into existence all their powers are manifested and you still have that dichotomy of where you're looking at people turn on their friends on their family because they have powers and you still have that like um that struggle with mutants and and, and the normies of the world so it's very it's very 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 plausible at least in my in my opinion, that you bring them back where they're not people who didn't exist in this world before. You're not bringing a whole universe in. These are people who already exist in this MCU timeline and this you know universe. But now that Wanda kind of like ripped the ripped the the ceiling off, you're having all these people come and emerge with all these powers and you know these abilities. I want to get everybody's thoughts before we take them um, because we have a question from um, you know, one of our fans on there. Um, so I want to go around the table. We'll we'll start with Alex with that one. What are your thoughts on that one too, Alex? I don't know. I mean, I, the the blip causing mutants, I'm I'm fifty fifty on, mainly just because the numbers. It's like so you're telling me like half the population now of the universe is going to become a mutants? Oh no no, I'm not saying that that the blip caused the powers. I'm saying the the energy emitted might have caused Monica's powers, but the but the mutants themselves. Are going to probably be a result of of um, Wanda and whatever the events of like this this series like conclusion. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the Monica thing first. I think okay. if if they're teasing Wonder Man and his powers are energy based, whatever is gonna use whatever creates Wonder Man is probably gonna create her. That's my theory. Okay. Because they're basically both energy sponges in different formats. Now they probably could use the blip as a way of trigger, like a catalyst that leads to that. Probably um, for mutants, I think I think the blip makes sense, but you need to have. I mean, like I, the X gene future of evolution is what really causes the racism towards X Men or mutants. So you need to have something to say these people are mutants. For, to get the same power for the story because otherwise they're just inhumans or they're just like freaks and the blip is too random for me um it would make sense but i i would prefer the only way it would make sense is like maybe the blip responded to a latent mutant gene and then trigger things but then you lose people like wolverine who's like hundreds of years old you lose people like apocalypse who's thousands of years old as mutants so like it's a little weird for me on that one. Pete? Um, so I, I agree with Alex in the idea of Wonder Man and, and the um, Spectrum uh, theory and the Monica theory. Um, I feel as if there will be... I, I Obviously, she does not like being terrestrial-based. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to take a little bit also of, of, of... What's the word I'm looking at? Inspiration from Captain Marvel, her remembering her friend and kind of wanting to do anything to get, I wouldn't be surprised if Wonder Man ends up being 
the person in witness protection or maybe someone who's, who's there or is given powers by sword. Um, and, and then she finds a way to, she's like, if I can get these, maybe I can be more than just being stuck on earth. Um, that's, that's my thing there. So I do agree with where Alex was going with that. My thing with the mutants, and this is my theory for the mutants, for the inhumans, for everyone that they're going to bring in, I think they're all coming from different realities. And that's the only way to really do it. Because then you're able to, as Alex is saying, you're able to still have those stories intact. I think maybe the mutants come in a way of kind of re- Re, uh, repurposing almost like the, the age of apocalypse theory or days of future past theory where because of the breakdown of the barriers in the multiverse, because of the blip, because of what Wanda does, because of whatever's going to happen in the next couple of movies and shows, you're going to start to see the walls between the multiverse break down and cross over. And I think you're going to have a situation where the mutants are in a universe where it's going like the age of apocalypse kind of way or a day of future past kind of thing. And they're able to get out of it and they come to the main MCU universe. I think the same thing can happen with the fantastic four. They're coming from a different universe. They're coming into the main universe. And that's another way of doing in humans where you could have the inhumans essentially coming from a different branch of, of the multiverse into that way. You still have the ability to tell stories for these characters without having to rewrite the history of the MCU. You're able to go into, if you wanted to rehash an apocalypse story. Well, yeah, he is a thousand years old. He's a mutant that existed in another universe, in another, in another part of the multiverse. And now he's in the main universe. How does that affect everything? So that way they also, they can be, you can have a mixture of new characters. You can have a mixture of bringing in some of the older actors if you wanted to bring them in. There was an interview I read with Patrick Stewart saying that he had a sit down with Kevin Feige and they basically had said that had Logan not happened, Feige wanted Patrick Stewart to return as Professor X. Um, you know, so I think that opens a lot of doors where you could say to a lot of the Fox guys, um, hey, we still want to use you. Okay. So the story is multiverse, right? And you're also able to recast as well and still tell a whole bunch of stories there. Tone? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, so, you know, I guess I'm, I'm here for the, you know, whole using Wonder Man for photon type of deal. Uh, but I also kind of agreed with you, Seabass, also, yeah, last week where we talked about, uh, you know, Monica getting her powers, you know, from, you know, from potentially from the blip or potentially from, from going through this whole ordeal with Wanda. But since we're all on this whole mutant train, I might as well just jump on board, give my own version of a theory. I, you know, my, my theory from mutants, you know, comes from the Eternals. I think we were supposed to get the Eternal movie in 2020 before WandaVision showed up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the Eternals, we know beginning of humanity, some sort of, you've got the Eternals, you've got the Deviants, you've got regular humans, probably some sort of subspecies, some sort of post credit scene with mutants. Uh, you know, that could kind of talk about having these characters that just exist in history. And then the mutant, the mutant gene just kind of potentially being dormant in a in a big big amount of the population, and then using the blip because that was such a concentrated amount of cosmic energy used on Earth two times, energy that goes all the way back to the Big Bang. In the huh? universe, huh? Everywhere, yeah. Blip happened everywhere, yeah. But like you know, like it happened like on Earth is like the the main. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, but like all that energy being essentially Big Bang energy. 
and that just becoming the you know creation and like that could kind of start off having more more you know latent mutations kind of showing up along with the older mutants that kind of come from like generational lines of in of uh, of eternals yeah you can say that the yeah. mutant, th there was a small population of mutants like apocalypse like wolverine like saber tooth exactly but then the blip is what supercharged it and now you have the x-men you have alpha flight you have all these you know eruptions of mutant power you know and they, they, um, be, because I'm, I want to get the the question that just came in, but um, I want to give my final thoughts on that. Is that, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything saying, but I think that they're going to use that because there's, there's a specific reason I feel like they're mentioning these waves. They mentioned that this went back to the Big Bang and that we've had mutants already in the MCU, and the MCU is not afraid with playing with their history because Ant Man, um, before Scott Lang, uh, Michael Douglas's character was Ant Man before that. Um, they showed Pim, so they showed that, and they showed um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. She was Was before that. Before heroes win the mainstay, like Nick Fury started Shield to find people with superpowers and abilities. So who's to say that Shield already didn't know about mutants too? They could have already known about them and kept their identity secret, which again is something that ties in with the Ultimate Comics. If we know, um. MCU has taken stuff from the Ultimate Comics, and they have taken stuff from the main MCU and kind of mixed them together. So um, I feel like the blip, the blip, the first blip, we got mutants that were born during those five-year period. Then we had the second blip, which is going to increase, and then we had the House of M reference, mm -hmm. which um, was in that which was in Wandavision. But that's just our thoughts. We're gonna you, we're gonna continue to speculate. Yeah, you could have a quick DC thing. You know, everyone's talking about rewriting the DC universe with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you could have Wanda essentially doing a reverse house of them, right? Yeah. Instead of instead of no more mutants, right? It's no more humans, no more this, no more that. Something more uh, universe-based, which kind of rewrites a lot of stuff and brings in mutants, thereby rewriting the history without doing it. So you get a little bit of what you said, Seabass, where now the mutants are just in the universe due to something where Wanda did, where now she's kind of rewriting the universal history with her own powers. But again, before we get, because I think at least what Tone says, we're going to get that with the Eternals. We're going to get that with WandaVision. I think with WandaVision, the Eternals, a lot of the movies and stuff coming out with this slate is the bigger picture setup for what Kevin Feige and Marvel's looking to do, especially since they got the mutants back in the fold in the FF. But let's take this question. Um, Dominique had a question. Domo, another question. I've heard speculation that the children are the real target, that they allow to get this to get to the twins. Thoughts? Yes. Um, my thoughts on that is that if, um, because they're referencing so many comics and the twins that originally Mephisto wanted to get the twins to use them um, to, to like help him build his body or something. I forget the story, but his he Horcrux. wanted to use the twins. His Horcrux. Yeah, the twins were his Horcrux. His it was, yeah, two parts of his soul were embedded in the kids. Mm -hmm. he, he was basically Lord Voldemort before Lord Voldemort. <laughs> but here's, here's my larger thing. It's going to be if, if everything in this reality is a creation of Wanda, if the reality crumbles, don't the children crumble? No, if, no, because, because the, the children because, were an accelerated part of the reality, right? She became pregnant. Right. I believe that's where Agnes plays a big picture with that. She's not because the kids are not constructs. They're yeah, in the comics, they're parts of Mephisto's soul Correct. Surface through Agnes's manipulation. So the two of them could be weaving a spell to create life. 
using an existing soul. They're not creating like conservation of matter. They're not creating a new soul. They're taking a split soul and putting it in a vessel. So that's that could be what's creating that. But man, this episode left a lot with this. Um, I want to go into the to the reaction from Wanda because it's part, the five five thing we're gonna cover is her reaction when she shot out Geraldine. It's like we saw this like evil version of Wanda, which again we know she's a broken character in the comics, and that kind of shown. But then there was a moment where she was like, "Oh shit, what the fuck did I do?" And then she just started fixing things and then started acting like if nothing happened and you got that version. What are your guys' thoughts about that? Are we going to get the evil Scarlet Witch in Doctor Strange? Or is this the beginning of making, um, as we were talking about before, some of our current established heroes as villains? Um, we'll lead into you, Pete, with this. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if it's an evil Scarlet Witch, but I think it goes to what you said, about the, the, the brokenness of her character, right? Um she's torn in this reality of like, how do I protect this? While also how do I keep everything secret, right? Um, and so I think that's where you kind of have that moment where it's like, she knows her reality is threatened. She knows everything could come down in, in, in an instant with Monica. So it's like, I need to get rid of this. You're an outsider, you're this, you're that, get rid. But now you've created something you can't walk back right now that she's broken these homes. She's done this. She's done that. She has to fix it in order to maintain the reality. So it's this idea of survival. She, it, she has to go into that mode to get rid of Monica, but in order to maintain the lie, right? It's just one lie on top of the other, um, which is where that end scene with vision was so meaningful to me where he's just like, we can leave. And she's like, we can't. Right. This this is this is home. Right. And so it's that that kind of moment where it's just like we still don't know if Wanda is fully in control of this, but we know that she has some modicum of control and or understanding of what's going on that she's not letting us into. Mm -hmm. Alex, you know, I, I agree with Pete and you just made me think of something. What if like, yeah, she's in control, but this is a psychotic break, maybe a dissociative identity disorder or something like that, where. But at the same time, there's, like, conscious Wanda and then, like, TV Wanda. And conscious Wanda created TV Wanda to, to, to deal with shit. But the, the illusion only works if they stay put inside of the hex. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe she went to Westview for someone to help her bring back Vision and her family. But the trick was, it's Agnes like, yes, we will create this place of power where you can control everything. And the reason being to have her kids and manipulate her, but she consciously knows if she leaves, everything crumbles. Like she can't leave. Otherwise these, you know, she has no, maybe here she, I don't know if she doesn't have the power levels or she doesn't understand she has the power levels, but I think she knows consciously if she leaves, she loses vision. And, and, very, and very quickly, it goes back to something I mentioned last week. What if Wanda is there of her own volition? What if Wanda is there to get help and she's trying to process through this and this is a creation of her own with the help of someone else. So another thing of we can't leave is she's like, I'm here because I want to be here. I need to be here. She's yeah. trying to process through whatever she's trying to process through of her own volition. But at the same time, there's nefarious things going on. Law, what are your thoughts? hundred percent. They they actually hit the nail on the head for, for <laughs> a lot of this where I feel like she's so like invested in this 
and she really can't she really can't like back out from it now like she's in too deep and a lot of it is crumbling so she's just like doing the little patches the little fixes like i'm gonna take bubble gum and put it here and and everything's being held by threads right now so we're just waiting for that one thing that one crack and everything to crumble because as strong as she is as powerful as she is we're seeing her humanity so we're seeing her her deal with something on such a like an emotional human like level she's not this grand person of like superpowers she's a regular person dealing with like so much loss and so much grief and this is how she can best process it so she's right now at a point where she's trying she's in, like like alex said she's in survival mode she's a hundred percent survival mode and just trying to protect protect what she feels like she can do you know what i mean like this is the most that she can control and she's gonna fucking fight tooth and nail to protect what she can control but at the result of what because we're gonna get a lot of things that start to seep out of the cracks as well as come into those cracks and it's just gonna like bleed in and out of of, of this reality that she's built right now Tone, I want to get your thoughts, and then I have a question from someone. Sure. I have a so, question from Dave the Wave. So, uh, you know, with her reaction to Monica, you know, I actually watched uh, Infinity War and Endgame with the kids, like, back-to-back like this past weekend. So her reaction to Thanos, to 2014 Thanos, and she's like, you took everything away from me, was, like, the same fucking reaction she had to Monica when Monica was, like, She's like, who are you? And then, like, obviously, we get 16 by 9, and, like, she gets back, like, the way she's actually just starts to talk, and she's flicking her hands. It went exactly to that moment of, like, you're about to take everything away from me, and there's no spaceship up in, up in the sky to stop me. And so she gets rid of Monica. And I think to, you know, to, to everyone else's point in regards to her building up this, this building up Westview, if you think about it, every episode, aside from the last episode, Westview has gotten more complex we went from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s in color. She now has kids. We know the Halloween episode is happening. And we know when the trailers in that Halloween episode, there are now a bunch of fucking kids around. She's like creating all of this madness and using more and more in her power to create this complex web of a life that to Law's point, it's eventually going to crack. We're going to see those cracks. We're going to see everything seeping in and seeping out. Uh, Vision's going to have those conversations. We're eventually going to get a Vision confrontation where she can't rewind it. She can't do anything about it. And then, boom. Like there's got- a point that we see yeah. in one of the trailers for one of the episodes, one of the teaser clips, where finally they're just like, screw it. You see Vision in full costume. You see her in full costume ready to fight something. So there's going to come a point where the illusion has to drop. And it's just like, we got to do this. In my opinion, she's a child. She's a child dealing with adult problems, and she has these powers that she doesn't really understand what to do with them, and she's just doing what she can to make things better for herself, what any child would do if you gave them powers like this. I'm gonna throw- We gotta, go ahead, go ahead, Alex, before I take the question. When um, he's, when they're getting ready to fight, what they're doing, what happens is Wanda actually basically completely takes over Vision and they're fighting sword to stop them from stopping her. So we got a question from Dave the Wave. He goes, What would ruin the series? Perfect answer. Zack Snyder, Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Gungans. 
Oh God! Stop the two of them. Well, we're in the series. I, I'm, I don't I'm already gonna watch that four-hour. You're movie. gonna watch that shit? Yeah, of course. I, everyone's gonna watch it. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Let's not talk about. Yeah. yeah okay. What the Snyder Cut? Yeah. Oh, of course I'm watching it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen to you guys watch it. Me money to watch that? No, I have. Listen, I have a lot of respect. I am one of those few people that actually really loves Zack Snyder's stuff. Now, again, also understand I'm a person who loves those deep, those deep dives, those expositional dives into things. So the way that Zack Snyder universe creates, I'm again, this comes to what I do in, in pro wrestling and what I do in my life as a teacher. Right. I'm all about the long game. Right. I'm not about what gets you today. I'm about what can I do today that in 10 years is going to get you. And, and and that's where I think a lot of people kind of get upset with Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder is not a movie, movie, movie director. He's a universe builder. He's a world builder. And it's one of those things where with a lot of clout, that's it. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your mic right. for that. I don't think he's a, because we're, we're about to end. Anyway, what can ruin, what can ruin the series aside from Zack Snyder? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I, I just got lost with I, I, Pete, you, you said that we just went down right this. I'm sorry. No, Zach, yes, it would. Hey, Zach Snyder exactly. and Warner Brothers would end this. Kevin Feige leaving. Yes. Kevin Feige has a book. If he leaves with that book, we're not going to get the full Honda vision. Right, we're done. <laughs> no, I think, I think we're past, I think we're past the point of, of no return of what could make this show worse you know like we talked about yeah. in our in our first review of the of the episodes um we were talking about the fact that like the way this show opened up is gonna is so foreign to what people were used to in regards to marvel tv and they took that gamble and you know i think it paid off i think we did it great using especially those homages so really that old 50s television could have been the catalyst to be like what could make this show go worse and i think they're beyond that and now they've got everyone invested after episode four so i think yeah you know it, it goes back to conversations like everyone who's a big um comic book fan is going to watch the city end everyone who's fell off they're hearing everything now they're like oh i gotta watch this i gotta watch this you're gonna see a surgeons once all the episodes come out and it's going to have a huge like that would ruin, that that would have ruined the series. It won't do it now because they're not going to do it. But no. had had Marvel released the entire season like a lot that of ruined it. to do, and everyone would have binge watched it. That would have ruined it. It's I I love seeing the Marvel uh, the Marvel like modern day fanboys and fangirls all complain over having to watch episodic television. Because obviously you can tell that that's the generation that didn't grow up like us, who actually had to wait every week to watch a show. We, we saw that. We we saw that with the boys. Like the boys yeah, was a the game boys did that season two uh, didn't uh, work out the same way that it yeah. should have. Yeah, you but in the boys as a as a whole, the episode, the construction of each of the episodes didn't work. I felt for week to week where one vision works, right? Uh, 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 Mandalorian works. Like all those shows worked. Uh, the Boys season two was created to be a bin show, and then the creators decided to say, "Hey, we're going to release it ep episodically." It wasn't an Amazon thing; it was completely on them. Where for here, for all of the Disney shows, they know going in, it's a week-to-week -week experience. Maybe the first two episodes, you know, 
if we do that, you know, with Captain, with Falcon and all that other stuff. But like it's week to week. So they're building them as week to week with with a small 20 minute beginning, middle end with that long weaving story throughout it to kind of get you hooked. It's a movie cut into segments, which is what I think Marvel's really great at, right? They created a movie, made nine, and said, how do we take this movie and cut it into nine chunks that'll be beautiful all of its own? And that's that's great. When you have individual chapters of a story that are just as captivating as the entire story, that's incredible. And it's also very, very hard to do. So Marvel just continues to raise the bar and then pass the bar every single time. It, well, it also keep, you know, bring in those Disney Plus subscriptions. <laughs> well, we're at that hour, guys. Um, but go ahead. Final thoughts. Come on. Let's go with the final thoughts. So, go ahead. You were supposed oh, to say. Okay. I know. I was going to say it would be really cool if after they release all of the episodes, they give us like a, you know, like to Pete's point, just like a movie version where everything's connected. You can just watch it straight just because the way all of the episodes have ended. Um, where like we know like it has that transition of going from the 50s to the 60s, from the 60s to 70s in the color. Like they ended very nice where you can kind of watch it all as one piece without those fucking without those fucking uh uh credits. Well, last um, <laughs> before we go, Tone, about that, right? Darcy kind of dropped the line where or they kind of like teased in this episode that there's stuff we didn't see before the first official episode. Right, so I think there's still a lot of stuff that Marvel can release post yeah. um, this series happening that will give us a lot of, and then knowing what Marvel does, they'll put so much exposition in it that it'll just be so great. Yeah, but uh, I'm I, I'm just excited to see what happens next week. You know, yeah. Pete, Pete, you called what happened this episode, so I don't know. You call what happens next episode, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Everyone's been saying that. Oh, yeah, that would be a really good show. Oh, like, shout out to Darcy yes. going from going from one field of science to something else to a third field of science and getting a PhD. And in the middle, being a waitress at a diner in New York. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, Law, what, Law, what was your thoughts? What's your final thoughts on the show, this episode? I, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes, man. Like, it was this very slow burn. I, I was, I wasn't sure what they were trying to give, so I was just watching with like a, a sense of just like, all right, I'll, I'll take what I get and and see where this goes. And I'm, I'm here for the ride. But um, as far as this episode in this series, I'm, I'm invested. There's, there's so much speculation and so many theories that we, you know, barely even touch the surface of. And I'm here for it. Like it's gonna be when when we get all these big reveals, I think there's not gonna be any one of us without our jaw on the floor. And Marvel knows exactly how to make that happen. Alex? Yeah, I I'm just wondering if this is gonna be like a mini series or if it's gonna be season one of X. That's what I'm worried we're wondering about. Mm. Yeah. I kind of mm. hope this is only one season. Um and, and just to kind of call for next episode, obviously it's it is the Halloween. Um, it is the Halloween episode. Um, I'm loving the kind of office modern family vibes we're getting from yeah. the trailer uh, with talking directly into the camera. Um, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see how, as, as, as Law kind of said, as this universe, Wanda has to now create more, how things start to fall apart. But um, I think this is where we're going to start to see the train start to pick up speed in terms of them dropping reveals. Who's this person? Who's that person? Who this person might be? 
I think because this is the middle of a story now, right? We're in episode five and there's nine to go. Uh, There's nine in the series. So five, six, and seven or five and six are going to be where we're going to get that meat. And then seven, eight, nine or eight, nine, we're going to get that big climax. So I think a lot of this, what we're going to get in the next episode or two episodes is going to be where a lot of those hanging chads and those questions get answered. Vision's going to start to, I think, become a lot more uh, questioning of what's going on. I think we're going to see a lot more built around who the Agnes character is. Because I think that's the biggest thing in the next two episodes. Who the hell is Agnes? Right? Because we, we, we now know that that's a mystery that even S.W.O.R.D. does not know. And I think that's the next road we go into. And also S.W.O.R.D. trying to figure out how to get in. Because uh, Monica's going to get debriefed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Pete, where can we find you on the interwebs? <laughs> on the on the dark web. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Are you though? Are you? I am not on the dark web. I've been banned from the dark web. Um, find him on OnlyFans. Um, go ahead, Pete. Listen, don't 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 tempt me with a good time. Um, <laughs> but no, you can find me on Twitter at Pete Rosado eighty seven on Facebook at uh Pete at Peter Rosado on Instagram as at PD Rosado four zero eight seven and of course. Every Saturday, you can catch me live on Facebook, Twitch, uh, and YouTube when I co-host the Your Sports Show, which also drops on all your favorite streaming platforms every Monday. Episode 50 just dropped yesterday. Check that out. Nice. Alex, where can we find you on the interwebs? On pretty much every social media platform as ASAP Can Draw. You can also find my artwork on damnheroes.com or waywardraven.com. And I believe sometime soon you'll be seeing more of me in the Nerds of the Round or hearing me. We'll, 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 we'll have you back. Don't worry. The door's open for both of you guys. We'll, we'll have a Battle Royal episode. We'll have Pete, um, we'll have Pete host that. As long as oh. Bianca Blair wins, I'm happy. <laughs> also, too, guys, if you're not tired of hearing me tone and laws voices, please make sure to check out the Medusa's Cascade How podcast. Tired by I've been gone for like two months. Five I don't know. Split. I just came back. <laughs> so make sure you guys check out the Inbeyond podcast, the Medusa's Cascade. We get into some rough shit. We're in some good shit right now Whoa. with that podcast. Getting into some raw shit, bro. Phrasing. <laughs> Whoa. Like, God. God. Listen, to the, listen to the podcast and find out. In, anyway. in, the, in the words of my good friend Cleveland Brown, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been your boy Sebastian. And your boy Tone from across the hall. Peace out, people. Oh, it's not playing.